I'm going to start off with a couple of really great jokes for you guys from this book here. This is it. <laughs> How many mystery writers does it take to screw in a light bulb? Two. One to screw it in most of the way, and the other one to give it a surprise twist at the end. My dog swallowed my phone, so I had to wring his neck. <laughs> Get it? Ring his neck. This is the last one, okay? Uh, my dad always used to say, the sky's the limit, which is probably why he got fired from his job at NASA. Gotta shoot for the stars. Shoot for the stars, everybody. Got it? Okay. All right. Well, we're gonna jump right in. My message title today is called Stop Eating Gnats. I'm Neil. I'm the pastor of this church. And we're gonna talk about stop eating gnats today. Okay? Great. Well, I love to go hiking. There's a place out in Princeton that you can go. These are some pictures of it. That's look at that. I mean, isn't that fun? Uh just for me, it's fun, huh? That's nice. Yeah, it's beautiful. Literally, like, you just pull up your car. I have two big dogs, and so they just, like, jump out of the car as soon as we pull up there. They know it's about to happen. They get to run around. Nobody else knows about this place, so I'm not telling you where it's at. And <laughs> don't follow me. <laughs> So we love going there. It's a great place where I love to just connect with the Lord. I'll start off on a little hiking adventure with the dogs, and then all of a sudden, like, God will start revealing some things that he's doing in my life, some, some different areas that he's working on. Um, he actually, you know, a lot of times, like, gives me direction for my family and direction for this church, his church, and this is just kind of my little piece of heaven. Like, this is what I kind of envision heaven uh, the new earth looking like, if you ask me. There's like all different types of birds. There's pelicans, there's eagles, there's hawks. There's like eight different species of ducks. It's beautiful. Show them the next slide. This is, show them the next slide. <laughs> all right. This is my dog, Waylon. You see him out there? Got Waylon and Hank, and they just love it out here. So like I said, it's my place of solitude. I love it. Uh, the other day I was out there and I was um, singing a song that I had some worship music going on my phone, that song, Rest On Us. I'm sitting there singing, Rest On Us, Rest On Us. And as I was walking, the birds are chirping. It was just beautiful. And all of a sudden, I walk into a big, gigantic thing of gnats. Have you guys ever been there? It's just gnats just everywhere. And so I tried speeding up, and that didn't work, and I tried slowing down, just stopping, letting them go. And I'm trying to sing, I'm trying to worship God and enjoy this, and every time I looked up, there's just like gnats all over, and so I'm just looking down, trying to sing, and they're like getting in my mouth and my nose. I don't have any, yeah. So <laughs> just gnats everywhere. It just totally took away from the beauty of this hike. It took away from the beauty of like the birds chirping and, and everything I could see because all I could see was gnats. It's like the only thing I could see. Do you deal with gnats at all? Start a new job thinking, this is it. This is exactly what I'm designed to do. And then all of a sudden, gnats. 
right? Take away from the beauty, the fun of the job. Maybe you finally become a parent and you realize, wow, this is really tough, Nats. You get really serious in a relationship with somebody and then you realize, she's crazy, Nats. He is crazy and controlling, Nats. Isn't that funny? Like, the closer you get with people, the more you realize, like, we're all trying to figure life out. Nobody has this figured out. Nats. What about your relationship with the Lord? Start following Jesus, and then all of a sudden, you get super attacked. Just instantly. Man, you start to put your hope in Christ, and and maybe, you know, decide, you know, I'm going to really change my life, or I'm going to give my life to Jesus and surrender to him. All of a sudden, like, life just comes crashing down. Nats. Maybe you set aside 10 minutes, 5 minutes to sit down at the table, like, oh, I remember Neil said, maybe start my morning off with reading the Bible or praying. All of a sudden, your phone just starts blowing up as soon as you sit down to pray. Nats. Nats. I've seen this a lot where you're super encouraged to be a part of a community of people and be a part of a church. And then, like, you even join the worship team or, hey, I'm going to sign up and help on hospitality or on kids or something along those lines. And then all of a sudden, your boss says, you got to work Sunday morning right away. Like, mandatory Sunday mornings. Gnats. We deal with gnats a lot. Nehemiah dealt with a lot of gnats. If you think about it, and, well, one way that Nehemiah, it says that he worked on the wall for 52 days without changing his clothes. I guarantee Nehemiah dealt with gnats. (laughs) And other bugs. 52 days of work with no clothes change. But Nehemiah dealt with a lot of gnats as he's rebuilding this wall, as he's reestablishing a wall around Jerusalem so people could worship in the temple of God and they could come together. He had people that were constantly against him the entire time. We just read it last week that there's groups of people that they had huge families, but they had no food. So not only is he like rebuilding this wall, but he's also taking care of all the needs of the people. Nehemiah's capacity just blows me away. But he's just constantly dealing with issue after issue. He had nobles, people that thought that they were just too good to work on the wall, standing back with their arms crossed while everybody else is working. Gnats. It'd be tough. Everybody else is like all in, and these guys are saying, like, I'm too good to be doing any of that. But Nehemiah had to work through that. He had a lot of gnats. He also had people that were very outspoken and totally against him. Sam Ballot and Tobiah were two people that just didn't like what Nehemiah was doing. They were totally against everything that he represented. There are two people that were just direct defiance against what Nehemiah was trying to get the entire town to participate in. So what I'd love to do is I'd love for us to read Nehemiah 6 and see how he deals with opposition and opposition and opposition. He deals with these gnats over and over again and what he does with it. So we're going to be reading Nehemiah 6, verses 1, I think 1 through uh, 13. 
going to go ahead and pray, and then we'll jump right in. Would you guys just pray with me? Holy Spirit, we just invite you in this moment right here, right now. Just come in power. Lord, would you just remove any distractions, anything that's uh, going on in the physical, anything that we're thinking about mentally. Just, uh, Lord, we want to hear from you. That's why we gather together. We, we want to hear from you. Lord, would you speak directly to our hearts? Would you do what only you can do? Have your way, God. Lord, I just choose to get out of your way. Would you just speak directly through me to your church? The words of my mouth be um, words for your kids and for myself. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys ready? Amen. Amen. One more time. Amen. Amen. All right. It's good. Nehemiah 6, verse 1. When the word came to Sambalat, Tobiah, Geshem, and Arab, and the rest of our enemies that I had rebuilt the wall, and not a gap was left in it, though up to that time, up to that time I had not set the doors and the gates, Sambalat and Geshem sent me this message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. So this plain of Ono is a, a place that's as far away from Jerusalem as you could possibly get without going into another region of the country. So it's like, come meet with me over at this other town. It's as far away from all your protection, but just come over here by yourself and meet with me. So in other words, like Sambalat and Tobiah were trying to get Nehemiah in isolation to harm him is what was going to, what's going to happen. You're going to hear that in a little bit. But I just got a like, little bit of insight. So when, when somebody wants you to meet with them completely away from all protection, when the enemy tries to draw you away into isolation, there's a word that you can remember. It's called, oh no, oh no, okay? Use the town. It's just a great one. Use, oh no, I'm not going there. So you're going to hear that from Nehemiah. Oh no, I'm not going to oh no. But they were scheming to harm me. So I sent a messenger to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project and, not, and cannot come down. Why should I stop the work while, while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent the same message, and each time I gave them the same answer. So as persistent as Tobiah and, and Sambalat have been in Nehemiah's life to try to distract them from what God has called them to do, they are persistent in sending this message. They're just persistently gnats. Persistent gnats. Like you can't escape them. You know what I'm saying? Then the fifth time, Sambalat sent an aide to me with the same message. And in his hand was an unsealed letter in which was written. So the other ones have been sealed letters, so they have a stamp of approval, and they go directly to Nehemiah. He breaks the seal, and he reads them. Now, this says that the fifth time, they're done. They did it four times. And now the fifth time, they actually send a letter. Here's just a sheet of paper, so everybody that's sending it to Nehemiah gets to read. Oh, Nehemiah, you should respond to Sambalat, Tobiah. Like, they got a point. Like, you should really read this. So in other words, have you ever had somebody message you about four times and finally they just tag you on a post on Facebook? <laughs> I have. <laughs> like, I didn't respond for a reason. I don't want to go there. 
oh no, I'm not joining in your, like, your anger thing with me. And so they, then they just tag in a post. That's what happened to Nehemiah. He got tagged in a post. <laughs> Nehemiah is trying to do something bad. Watch. So Nehemiah is tagged in this post. It is reported among the nations, and Geshem says that it's true, that you and the Jews are plotting a revolt and therefore building a wall. Moreover, according to those reports, you are about to become their king and have appointed prophets to even make this proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. Now this report will get back to the king. So come, let us meet. In other words, like everybody's aware of what you're doing, Nehemiah. You're, you're, like, you're doing all this work to just raise up a crew around you and even hiring uh, prophets to say that you're going to be the king. And that was never Nehemiah's heart. That was never his intention. He was just doing what God called him to do. So here's what he says. I sent him this reply. Nehemiah replies, nothing like what you're saying is happening. You are just making it up out of your head. Feel free to use that. You know, <laughs> nothing like you said, as you get tagged in those posts, nothing like you said is happening. Get out of your head. Uh, Nacho Libre says it best. You're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> so they were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work and it will not be completed. All this, all this uh, going back and forth with them. Hopefully their hands will get really weak. And now I prayed... Now strengthen my hands. I love that prayer. Now strengthen my hands, simple. One day I went to the house of Shemaiah, son of Deliah, and the son of Methabel, who was shut in at his home. He said, let us meet in the house of God inside the temple, and let us close the doors because some people are coming to kill you. By night they are coming to kill you. But I said, should someone like me run away or someone like me go into the temple to save his life? I will not go. I realized that God had not sent him, but that he had prophesied against me because Tobiah and Sambalat had hired him. So they're going so far under the surface. They're hiring prophets and priests to prophesy against them and have the priest try to draw Nehemiah into the temple. He had been hired to intimidate me so that I would commit a sin by doing this, and then they would give me a bad name to discredit me. The reason that it would be a sin is because Nehemiah is not a priest at this time. He's not a priest, so he's not allowed to go into a temple and close the doors with just another priest. And so they're hiring these priests, this priest to actually discredit Nehemiah's name. See, Nehemiah, like, I saw him in the temple. I'm a priest. I was with him there. All to discredit his name so people wouldn't follow him and the job wouldn't be complete. This was the final attempt to stop Nehemiah's work and the final attempt to stop the wall from being built. And it came in three different ways, three different gnats that are related to fear. The first one was to harm him. Let's pull him away to Ono, and we're going to cause harm. They're actually going to take his life. Like, we don't want him to do this. We're so upset about that that we're actually going to take his life. That'll stop it. The second one was to frighten him. 
call him out in front of a whole group of people, say Nehemiah is actually, you know, he's, he's actually just doing, he's using you guys just to build this wall so that he can become the king. Let it be known throughout the land, Nehemiah is just trying to become the king, is to frighten him. And the last one is to discredit him. Well, I can pull him in, I can cause him to commit a sin, I can invite him into something that I know is not right, and then I can actually say, you know what, Nehemiah, all the words that he's been speaking, they're all lies to discredit him. These are three huge gnats that live in our life. They're all related to fear. But I want to give you three truths that the Bible says about these. How we can overcome these fearful gnats. The first one is, is to harm. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says this, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. That verse in itself is just so amazing. What it means is that there's no temptation that you are facing to cause yourself harm, to walk into a scenario that is going to bring harm in your life that is not common to mankind, meaning we are all tempted in a lot of different areas. We all walk through a lot of temptation, but there's no temptation that you're facing today that would cause you harm to your spirit, to your soul, to your body. There's none of that that isn't common to mankind. What's even more amazing than that is that God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. There's never an opportunity that God's going to let you be tempted so much that it's, I can't even bear this. I can't even see the outcome in this. I can't see a way out. But when you are tempted, he will also provide you a way out so that you can endure it. That when temptation comes our way, it's to bring us into a place of like harm of ourself. That God will open up a door for us to leave. And sometimes you got to leave the scenario and run like the wind, right? I think of Joseph in the Old Testament who was actually like seduced. And he actually got up and ran and the woman like tore his clothes because he was running away from her. There's never a temptation that you're walking through that will cause you harm, that will cause your spirit harm, that will cause, cause your heart harm, that God is not opening up another door for you to leave the temptation. That's good to know. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 3 says, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. God will protect us from harm. He will protect you. The second one is to frighten us. Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and courageous and do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you and he will never leave you nor forsake you. The opposite of fear is courage. And God calls us to be strong and courageous. That if there's something that's fearful in our life, we can actually take hold of it in the name of Jesus Christ and actually be courageous and step into it. So like you got crazy stuff going on in your house, let's say, or horrible nightmares, okay? Am I speaking to anyone? Whatever. So if you have that going on, there's amazing truth, and that's Jesus. In Jesus' name, get out. In Jesus' name, leave my mind alone. 
Be strong and courageous. Use the power of Jesus' name. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead resides inside of us. So we should be strong and courageous. I have a friend who uh, his, his mom was giving somebody a ride. She just picked up this lady on the side of the road. Don't do this. Okay? Don't do that. Done. Story. No. <laughs> she... <laughs> She picks up this lady on the side of the road, and she gets in the back seat, and she's like, oh, where can I take you? And it was just trying to be kind and everything, and the lady starts driving down the street. Uh, my friend's mom driving down the street, and this lady reaches in front of her and puts her arm around her neck as she's driving. Okay? Scary business, right? Well, my friend's mom actually said, in Jesus' name, let me go, like that, and <laughs> And the lady let her go and jumped out of the car. <laughs> it's always great to say. I mean, I don't know. You know, if somebody says in Jesus' name, like, something, uh, you're listening. But you can be strong and courageous. The power of Jesus' name can even use, you can work in that scenario. If there's something that you're really fearful about, you can actually invite Jesus into it. Remember, he's Emmanuel. He is God with us. And so he resides in us. So when we're going into a fearful situation, we, our house, maybe like it has things moving on the wall. In Jesus' name, get out. Anything that's causing you fear, you can actually step into that and use the power of Jesus' name. Be strong and courageous. And lastly, to discredit. Three different ones. To harm, to frighten us, and to discredit. Discredit our name. Have you ever had somebody discredit your name, maybe an old job or anything? I'm not trying to draw up old wounds, okay? It's tough, isn't it? Did you know that Satan's name is actually, it means, like you could just replace Satan's name with the accuser? His name is the accuser? That's what he does? That's what he's really good at? He's, he's like the best in the business at accusing. The accuser. He tries to discredit us. Isaiah 41.10 says this, So do not fear, for I am with you. And do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you, and I will uphold you with my right, righteous right hand. That word righteous is really powerful for that scripture because what happens is because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, any type of discrediting that's coming against us, whether it's ourself or whether it's somebody else, we can actually just go back to the cross and say, you know what, Jesus took anything that I was discredited from. Jesus took all my sins, all my mistakes. Every single one of those is on the cross once and for all. They are covered in the blood of Christ. So you can try to discredit me, but I'm standing in the righteousness of God. God does not discredit. God accepts. And so when you feel discredited even in yourself with guilt and condemnation, that is not God. That's the enemy, the accuser, trying to accuse you so that you won't step into the plans and purposes that God has for you. In other words, it's just like a big horde, it's a big swarm of gnats around you, of accusations, trying to discredit us. It's a waste of time. Jesus took all of our fears. 
When something comes against us to harm us, to frighten us, or to discredit us, take hold of these truths today. Jesus is with us, he is for us, and he will fight our battles. A lot of times we look at the enemy in Jesus as like King Kong versus Godzilla. I don't know who wins that one yet. I haven't seen the movie. But I know who wins when it comes to Jesus and our enemy. And it's more like King Kong versus a little gnat. A little gnat that's a pest. Take hold of these truths. Jesus took it all on the cross. We can stand and walk out what God has for us. We don't have to fear harm. We don't have to be frightened and we don't have to worry about being discredited. Be strong and courageous. What I'd love for you to do today is I've wrote out these, these passages on a sheet of paper on your way out. I'd love for you to just grab those and put them in your heart. Fold them up. Put them in your back pocket. Any of that stuff that comes up this week, man, pull out the, that paper. Start off your morning with reading those. Read one at, a, one at a time this entire week. After the service, you can grab one. The best way to deal with gnats, guys, is to close your mouth and look at your feet. Just to close your mouth and look at your feet. Don't engage in the physical, engage in the spiritual. Don't try to engage with words and, and get trapped down that line. And <laughs> right? Best way to deal with gnats is to close your mouth and look at your feet. And you might not see everything that's ahead. You might not see like the big scheme and, and everything that's happening. But you can take one step at a time and do whatever God told you to do last. What did the Lord tell you to do last? Walk that out. We're always looking for new direction and God's like, I gave you the last... You know, just follow what I already said. Do whatever God told you to do last and look at your feet. You don't have to always see this, but just take one step at a time, moving towards Christ, following him. I love that picture of the beach, right? Where it's the footsteps in the sand, you know what I mean? And the way I always look at that is like me following behind Jesus one step at a time, just looking where he's leading. Where are you guiding me, God? Just follow that. Pursue what Jesus told you to do last. The last thing that he calls you to do. Maybe he called you to just be a light in your family. Do that. Maybe he called you to be a light in your workplace. It's like, God, is, is this the right job that I'm supposed to be at? Yeah, just be a light at the workplace. Just keep doing that. Say, God, strengthen my hands because I can't do this. This is so hard. Don't have to engage with anything else when the enemy comes to discredit you, to, to try to frighten you, to, to think you, oh yeah, you're, you're not really making much of a difference. Tell them to go, go away, in Jesus' name. Just close your mouth, one step at a time, just keep moving towards Christ, what he's called you to do.
There's a couple of uh, big gnats that I feel like are, um, right now I just, I had a strong sense of like as I was praying this week about this message, there's a couple of big gnats. One is um, that I feel like the Lord wants to bring a lot of freedom to this morning, and that's the word confusion. I have never in my entire, I've been following Jesus for 20 years, I have never heard so many Christians say, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if this is the right job for me. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm supposed to live in the quad cities. I don't know. I don't know. And like we're just like bombarded with I don't knows. <laughs> and what it is, it's just a big waste of time. You're just like contemplating everything and really thinking through all these things with just a lot of I don't knows. And what I feel like the Lord wants to do is the opposite of I don't know is clarity. And he wants to give you clarity to pursue the last thing that he called you to do. Whatever that was, God wants to bring clarity in that. All the confusion when you look up in the morning and there's this like herd of gnats. You can't even enjoy life because you're like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm supposed to be living here. I don't know if this is the right relationship for me. I don't know. I don't know. Just constantly bombarded with confusion. That's the enemy. That's the enemy. And like the Lord wants to bring clarity in your life this morning. You've just been questioning everything. God wants you to have a clear mind. A clear heart. Wake up tomorrow morning going, I know because I know whose I am. Not because I know everything, not because I can see the whole picture, but just because I know I can trust God. I just know. Clarity over confusion. And the other one is uh, Justin. Where are you at, Justin? Justin's been praying for you guys. He's an intercessor for our church. He, he loves to pray for you. And he really had a strong sense that there was uh, going to be some healing of the word cancer, of cancer, that God wants to heal that this morning. Whether you're in this room right now or you're listening online, uh, the Lord just wants to bring healing and cancer, even to the point where like the news station's going to be interviewing people because they just can't put a finger on how in the world did somebody get healed of this cancer? So two C's, confusion and cancer. I feel like the Lord just wants to knock those gnats out. So if those mean anything to you this morning, I just invite you to stand up and I'm just going to go ahead and pray for us. We're going to pray together and um, just going to invite God to, to do that. So the other thing that I just invite you to do is if you know somebody that's at home right now that's dealing with, with cancer, I'd invite you to stand in for them too. Just invite you to stand in for them. So let's first off uh, just speak to confusion. In Jesus' name, I just pray for clarity over all of us in this room, for each one of us that had just been questioning everything. Lots of I don't knows. Lord, I pray for confusion to leave in Jesus' name. Confusion of our hearts, confusion of relationships, confusion of our minds, confusion of our souls. 
a lot of turmoil, a lot of uh, give and take in our souls, just confusion. Lord, I just speak clarity in Jesus' name over each one of us. It's been ultra confused. I pray that tomorrow morning is a new day that we wake up with purpose and direction and, and just great opportunities to just follow you, Jesus, that confusion would be no more, that we wouldn't be confused. We would actually change words from I don't know to I know. I know I'm supposed to be in this city. I know I'm supposed to be in this house. I know I'm supposed to be reaching my neighbors. I know I'm supposed to have this job. I know that I'm supposed to be a grandma, a grandpa, a grandparent, a, uh, um, a parent. I know what I'm supposed to do. I have an understanding because I know whose I am. Lord, I just pray for clarity right now in Jesus' name for, for all the confusion. And also, Lord, we just, we just pray for anyone in this room, Lord, and anyone um, that we stand in the gap for right now. Lord, we pray against cancer, this, uh, this cancer that just wants to um, take lives. Lord, we speak life into cancer in Jesus' name. The cancer you need to leave, Leave any bodies that um, we're praying for right now. Leave any of us in this room that, that are currently struggling with that. Lord, I also just pray for anyone that's just dealing with chemo treatments. Lord, you just give them strength. Would you strengthen their hands? Just strengthen their bodies right now. Yeah, we just speak against cancer in Jesus' name. Pray for health and wholeness, the complete opposite of it. Right now, come, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Have your way. Would you guys just say amen with me? Amen. amen.